Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Alfred Pennyworth, and I have a story to tell. Batman had trained many protégés over the years, and one of them was the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It is a Saturday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. If you're listening, the day it is uploaded, Saturday, June 30th, episode number 1,658. Being a Saturday, right next to me is my living, breathing cartoon. Jimmy, I got one name. Jimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. That is so true. And the hero of this story, our cartoon, is right next to me. And being a cartoon, she's just a little. Kimmy is in the studio. Our cartoon is here. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are you on this cartoon alternative kind of day? Awesome. That is good. And we hope that you're uh, alert now. You know, the Riley and Kimmy show is out and about this weekend. Check our Facebook page and other social media to find out exactly where we are. You can find links to our social media at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, Kimmy's probably not that focused because she's thinking of, uh, you know, where we're going to be out and about at. Let's just see how she is with cartoon trivia on this Saturday because, well, we're in, you know, we have a tribute to Saturday mornings because Saturday mornings traditionally for many years, decades, had Cartoons and live action TV shows, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. They were on the big three networks. And we have a cartoon, a theme, or it could be live action. We have that theme right now for you. Can you tell us what it is? Well, we made it a little challenging, too, Kimmy. It is reversed. The theme has been reversed. Identify the cartoon or live action kid show. <laughs> Kimmy is nodding her head. She knows what it is. Kimmy, what is that mystery theme? Spider-Man. 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 Does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. Spider-Man, 
Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, welcome fame, he's ignored, action is his reward to him. Life is a great big hang-up, wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find the Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Saturday morning cartoon originally, and then went into syndication, played uh, everywhere for a long period of time. If you'd like to find out more about cartoons, what ran against each other. Yeah, what ran against uh, Spider-Man when Spider-Man aired on ABC Network originally, you can find out. We have a cartoon grid available on our website. It's right on our list page, our cartoon live-action Saturday morning grid. Go all the way back to the beginning of the cartoon shows, and that's back in the 50s, all the way to when they came to an end on Saturday mornings in the 2000s. That list available on our website, along with celebrity interviews we've done, social media links like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. And the easiest ways to listen to us every single day with a brand new episode, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com. Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy show. The Riley and Kimmy show. Shall we play That is a question on this Saturday morning. Does Kimmy want to play pop culture trivia? Do you want to go back in time, Kimmy, and challenge your brain cells? What say you? Yeah. All right. Need to warn you, the timeline might be adjusted in some places, meaning it is not in chronological or linear order all the way through. There are some temporal speed bumps on the highway of time. Help Kimmy out with answers. She believes in time travel answers. I know it sounds goofy, but she's a cartoon. She actually believes in this. She's in your past. You are in her future. She actually thinks you two can communicate just by you talking to whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Help the show grow by telling your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. First question we have for you, Kimmy, is in the world of cars. The first Corvette rolled off the Chevrolet assembly line in Michigan on this date in history. We want to know the year this happened. We're giving you a plus or minus of two years for when the Corvette first came out. We'll give you a moment to think about it with this rewind. And while it's never going to take the place of the family car, I, for one, am going to have a lot of fun owning it. Now, this could never have happened unless the world's largest manufacturer of automobiles had put its tremendous resources back of the job of designing and building a sports car to uphold American leadership in every field of transportation. They built her to handle like an angel, with every ounce of weight right where it belongs, for perfect balance, clean and sleek and efficient-looking, and light and strong. They kept the cockpit simple and practical. Naturally, the automatic transmission quadrants on the floor... That's in keeping with sports car tradition. In addition to the speedometer, there's a tachometer to measure engine revolutions. They call her Corvette, 
and she belongs to the highway just for the sheer and simple joy of driving for the open road and the country byway. That is from the original commercial for the Corvette. Kimmy, what year within two years did the... Well, let's make it five. We'll be fair with you. Judges say we usually use five as a buffer. Five years is your buffer for the Corvette. When did it first come out? It was on this date. 1960? Kimmy is off even with a five-year buffer. The year is 1953. The Corvette came out. Now we play prices Right. Within $200, how much was the 1953 Corvette, the first Corvette when it rolled off the assembly line? $1,200. Interesting guess, but way off. The first Corvette, $3,250. That is a lot of money. Kimmy was closer to what a car cost in that time period. But the Corvette, more pricey, $3,250. Moving somewhere else on the timeline, Kimmy, pay attention. This character appears for the first time in Action Comics issue number one on this date. Tell us the name of the character. Superman. This is a job for Superman. Up, up, and away! He is the grandfather of the superheroes. Tell me what year Action Comics number one was released. 1938. Kimmy gets it exactly right. 1938. Big year in the world of sci-fi. Think about it. Action Comics comes out in the summer. War of the Worlds in the fall. Yes, that's right. Thank you for that input there, Kimmy. (sighs) Kimmy's actually zoning on me right now, aren't you? See, she is. Yeah, she she is. Uh, okay. And by the way, why that's so important, other superheroes probably would not have happened if it hadn't happened for him. There were mm-hmm. crime fighters and things, but, you know, Batman would not have happened because they were looking to cash in for more, you know, audience. Right. So that's why Batman was created and, and others, you know, Green Lantern and Flash and et cetera. And if that hadn't happened, just think about it, Kimmy. The comic book conventions... And the comic book-related conventions, some that are happening today, would not be happening if that comic book had not been released in 1938. Wow. Yeah. Let's move to another category you like. Books! Books! All the books I'll need! All the books! All the books I'll ever want! All the books I want! All the books! We have a book question for you, Kimmy. An author's question. Now, this this is right up Kimmy's alley because as a kid, you know... Some kids go outside and play. Other kids have fun with video games. And in Kimmy's time period, well, maybe not so much video games, but they, they played you know, all kinds of things. But Kimmy played the game of authors. Wow, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, she had a card game of authors. Let's see how you are with this one, Kimmy. It was 1936. We want the novel this person had published on this date. 1936, Margaret Mitchell's novel is published. What is the name of that novel? Gone with the wind? You go. Where shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Think about that. It uh, becomes a big motion picture just a few years later. Mm-hmm. The year is 1952. It moves to television. It had been on radio and quite successful on radio. Goes to TV. CBS TV debuts a certain daytime drama. Back then, they called them soap operas. Kimmy, identify the soap opera. We have a couple of themes for you because they've had many over the course of time. First theme is from the 1970s.
presented by Zest, the deodorant bar that leaves you feeling cleaner. Actually, that theme sounds like something from the 40s or 50s, but it's not. It's from 1971, and it ran in the 70s for a period of time. Can you identify the daytime drama? Search for tomorrow? No. Here is one more clue for you, the final clue, Kimmy, from 1981, CBS TV. It was award-winning, Kimmy. Can you identify the award-winning daytime drama that made its debut on this date in 1952 on TV, that is? Um, wow. That's not familiar. Here is the final clue. It is not a theme. Are you with us? Mm -hmm. Lighthouse. Guiding Light? Yes, that was in the opening. A Lighthouse, Kimmy is correct. I, I know that wasn't one you watched, or your mother didn't watch that one either, or did she? Mm -mm. But it was there. It was on those soap digests she used to get. She used to get those, didn't she? Uh-huh. Yeah. The year is 1955. This person's TV show debuts on CBS TV. The show is under his name. See if you can identify who he is, Kimmy. Here is your clue. Thank you very much, and good evening. I'm... Now, the reason I say that each week is because my kids love to stay up and watch television. So every Thursday night, my wife turns on the set. I come out, I say hello, and my kids say, Oh, it's only Daddy. Let's go to bed. <laughs> night, kids. That takes care of them. And now that it's just between the adults, uh, we've been on for, oh, about two and a half, three months now with this show. And it's amazing how things pile up on you, that you let go and uh, you make little notes to yourself and you forget little things. So I have quite a bit of business tonight, little odds and ends I'd like to take care of, so uh, could we have my secretary bring out the unfinished business, please? <laughs> Thank you very much, Miss Prim. <laughs> Actually, she's a very pretty girl. I've seen her without her glasses. <laughs> well, let's see what we have here first. These are odd notes here. Oh, here's one here. Call Marilyn Monroe to go dancing. <laughs> Call Marilyn Monroe to go to dinner. <laughs> Call Marilyn to go to the theater. <laughs> Try to get Marilyn Monroe's phone number. Can you tell me who it is? That is from 1955. Johnny Carson? That's right. Show debuts on this date, 1955, on CBS, and then he would go to The Tonight Show on what network? NBC. Correct. The year is 1970. <laughs> this baseball team moves to their new home. It is Riverfront Stadium. What baseball team? Pittsburgh Pirates? Wrong. Riverfront Stadium. San Francisco Giants? No, that's Candlestick. Um, nope. It is the Cincinnati Reds. All right, let's put it on film. Camera. Rolling. Sound. And action. 1974, the July 4th scene from a certain film that would be released a year later is filmed. Identify the movie. Slow ahead. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chump some of this shit. 
You're going to need a bigger boat. Can you tell us the name of the film? Jaws. Took a year for it to come out. Think about that. Mm Mm-hmm. 1977, Marvel Comics publishes a comic book that is a tribute to a certain band. The first issue contained ink mixed with actual blood donated by the group. Can you tell us the name of the group? Kiss. Now, it wasn't their first time in the comic book books at all. Marvel actually published in May of 77 in Marvel Comics Howard the Duck, number 12. Hmm. I like to find that one, actually. Hmm. I love Howard the Duck. Oh? The comic books. Okay. I have some. Hmm. Picked up some at a certain uh, comic book store recently in the last uh, year. Hmm. Yeah. Howard the Duck. Not the movie Howard the Duck. Mm-mm. No. Not talking about that. The year is 1979. This single is released. It would become the Billboard Song of the Year for 1979. Tell us the name of the recording group. Is it, Kimmy? 1979. I can't do it. Oh, come on. Didn't you roller skate disco dance to that song? I couldn't roller skate. Okay. Didn't you disco dance to that song? No. Well, I know. Disco was long gone before you were even born. It's Good Times by Chic from 1979. The year is 1985. This actor leaves a role that he had become identified with because... He had done 4,600 performances on stage as this character and also in film. Tell me who the actor is. Have care that head shall never be higher than mine. When I shall sit, you shall sit. When I shall kneel, you shall kneel. Etc., etc., etc. Who is it, Kimmy? Yule Brenner. From what play, what musical, what film? The King and I. That's correct. The year is 1994. The United States Figure Skating Association strips... Tanya Harding of the 1994 National Championship. They ban her for life. This is from the organization for an attack on whom? For an attack on Nancy Kerrigan. Correct. The year is 2004. This film is released, Kimmy. We need the title exact. See if you can identify the movie. Remember, 2004. Now to the main event. Octavius is going to put Oscorp on the map in a way my father never even dreamed of. Crazy scientist turns himself into some kind of a monster. Four mechanical arms welded right onto his body. There are bigger things happening here than me and you. Let's see who's behind the mask. Can Kimmy identify the movie 2004? What is it? Spider-Man 2. That's right. Actually, my favorite in that franchise of, of those, you know, one, two, and three. That, that is my favorite. Love Doc, Doc Ock. You know, mm-hmm. Dr. Octopus. Yeah. He stole that movie, in my opinion. Uh-huh. 2006, an American singer, songwriter, and TV personality divorces 98 Degrees boy band singer Nick Lachey. This is after three years of marriage. 
Can you tell me who she is? Jessica Simpson. Wow, she did it without a clue. Moving somewhere else on the timeline, Kimmy, was on this date in history. Brenda Starr, the first cartoon strip by a woman, drawn by a woman, begins in the Chicago Sunday Tribune. What decade does this happen? Is it the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, or the 1970s? 1940s. You're correct. It was 1940 exactly when it happened. Now, during the 50s, at the height of its popularity, the strip appeared in 250 newspapers. Have you ever read Brenda Starr? No. Now, through the years, there have been four Brenda Starr films and TV movies based on the comic strip. The first was Brenda Starr, Reporter, a 1945 serial with Joan Woodbury in the title role. Hello? Yes, this is Brenda Starr speaking. The old McClellan house on Harbor Boulevard? Thanks. Step on it, Brenda. We want to beat your police friend, Lieutenant Farrell, and that dumb studio his to the fire. What's your rush, Chuck? Well, we always make a little better than who's going to get there first. Do you ever pay off? No, but we will someday. <laughs> Brenda Starr movie serial and also Brenda Starr a TV movie was done back in 1976 with Jill St. John as Brenda Starr. And then there's a bizarre film that was done. Its release date is 1992, but it was actually shot in 1986. It took six years for it to be released in the United States, three for it to be released overseas. But United States audiences didn't see it. Or actually, they didn't see it, <laughs> but they had the opportunity to see it for the first time in 1992. It's Brenda Starr, an adventure film starring Brooke Shields as Brenda Starr, Timothy Dalton as the villain in it. I actually enjoy that film. It would have done so much better if they had actually released it in 86, but they ran into legal problems about who was going to distribute it, and they shelved it. And probably because of the success of Batman in 89, it was you know dusted off. And it was sent internationally then, and then it was eventually released in the United States, but it was too late because the game had changed with Batman in that kind of film. And it just, the feel to it was dated for that time period. But 86, I think it could have done very well. It's enjoyable. And if you're a fan of Brooke Shields, you'll want to check it out. Or if you're a fan of Brenda Starr, unlike Kimmy, maybe you've actually read Brenda Starr. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Famous people born on this date. She was born 1917, Kimmy. She won the Academy Award for Best Actress for her portrayal of a death row inmate. She portrayed Barbara Graham in I Want to Live in 1958. Who is it? Everybody gets his kick some way. Mrs. Graham, we have a tough, ugly job to do, and you're making it tougher and uglier for all of us. My heart bleeds. How can I help, Inspector? Buy a few tickets to the policeman's ball? You're being very foolish. So that's why you've been playing the Mama Bull, Inspector. You think I'm a stoolie, huh? No dice. I'd advise you to wear the nightgown we've provided you. Well? Okay. Okay, I'll take it off. But I won't wear your burlap job. I'll sleep raw. Can you tell me who it is? Susan Hayward. You're correct, Kimmy. He was born 1934, an American stage magician, author, and TV performer... It is estimated that he pulled 80,000 rabbits from his sleeves and hats. He appeared as a guest on The Tonight Show, Donahue, The Today Show, also Reading Rainbow, and the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, to name a few. 
Kimmy, you obviously have encountered him on television at one time or another. Can you tell me who was born on this date, 1934? At this time, I'd like to borrow a gentleman's handkerchief. In fact, I'd like to borrow a white handkerchief and one that's still folded, if you please. Oh, ah, your, is this your handkerchief? No, it's not mine. Oh, it's not yours. Whose is this? The gentleman there. Would you mind standing a moment, sir? I'd like everybody to see the man that sends a boy to do a man's job right there. <laughs> the handkerchief, a pocket handkerchief. And the question before us, it's a question that has been pondered by philosophers literally for centuries. And that question is, when... Is a knot, not a knot. And the answer? Well, who cares, really? Do you know how to tie a knot? <laughs> you sure do. Well, I'm mighty glad. Then you tie the ends together and make a real knot out of it. You do it yourself. Tie the ends. As tight as you wish. After all, it's not our handkerchief, is it? <laughs> pull it good and tight. Pull. Don't grunt, just pull. <laughs> a magical knot. A mystical knot. In fact, this is a knot that will untie itself. Watch. Can you tell me who it is, Kimmy? No. Terry Blackstone Jr., who was born on this date, and he worked with the theme parks, too. Blackstone designed the illusions used at a huge theme parks water show featuring DC Comics superheroes. One of them included the Joker cutting Batgirl up into multiple pieces, also had a pedestal that vanished Wonder Woman. Blackstone and his wife created and produced the special effects for the Magic Summer Tour for the New Kids on the Block, as well as their No More Games Tour. He also did special effects for Alice Cooper, Michael Jackson on the Victory Tour, Earth, Wind and & Fire, and Jane's Addiction, just to name a few. He was extremely important. His father was a world-known magician. Check him out, son and father. You can find many things streamed, like YouTube and other sources, too. Next individual celebrating a birthday, Kimmy, once you identify who he is, tell us how old he is. You have a plus or minus of five years. He's an actor known for, well, many things. Currently, he's known for playing a villain on this TV show. Do you know the TV show? It's a Netflix superhero show. Daredevil? He's known as a villain on Daredevil. Tell me who is having a birthday. But I have something to say to you. When I finally get out of this cage, I will dismantle the lives of the two amateurs that put me in here. You, Mr. Murdoch, and Franklin Percy Nelson. The two of you took the laurels. You'll both take the blame. I'll chop both the heads off of that snake. And I'll spend more than $6 on postage to bring you down. You see, I've had a lot of time to reflect on my journey here. Mr. Murdoch, my mistakes, everything I took for granted. And while I try and sleep in this bleak place... The one thing that keeps me warm is the thought that I will look down upon this city. The city that birthed me with the woman that I love. Who, whom I love with everything that I am. Can you tell me who it is? Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, Mr. Warm and Fuzzy there as what villain, Kimmy? Can you do it? Um, uh, um... Yeah, um, Kingpin. We will accept that. They really didn't identify him as that yet, as the name. Uh, Wilson Fisk is his his uh, name. He does become the Kingpin. 
He was also on Law and Order Criminal Intent. He played Robert Gorn, a detective. I, I love him in that, mm-hmm. especially the early years of it. Next, oh, we forgot. How old is he today? Within five years. 60? You get it? He is 59 today. Next person celebrating a birthday. Give me former professional boxer. Identify who he is. Here he is talking about himself. Well, you know, I guess I'm, I took a chance to become uh, more objective. I never became more objective with myself, and I watched myself. And, was, and when you watch the film, I look at it, and I said, well, um, I guy would make me nervous if I was in a room with him alone. Yeah, I, I scared myself, yeah. That's scary. That was a scary guy, yeah. Can you tell me who it is? Mike Tyson. Yes. How old is Mike Tyson today within five years? Um, 53. He is 52 today. I see dead people. Notable deaths. Famous people who passed away on this date in history. The year is 1995. This American actor and voice artist dies at the age of 89. See if you can tell me who he is. Give me, he was well, in a lot of TV shows, on a lot of radio programs, voiced so many different things. See if you can tell us who he is. And now, if you don't mind, would you get busy with those cards, yes. please? Yes. Oh, and, and Mrs. Carmichael. Now, remember, each one of these packages has a slip of paper with the name of the person it goes. Yes. Now, I want you to put the name on a gift card. Yes. Then put the corresponding card on the corresponding package. Yes. Now, do you understand that? A ten-year-old child could understand that. Well, I don't have a ten-year-old child. I have to settle for you. <laughs> Can you tell me, Kimmy, who he is? He was on several Lucy shows. He was on The Lucy Show. Can you tell me who he is? I know he He is. played Mr. Mooney on one of those. He I also played know. her brother-in-law in another. I know. I'm trying to think of his name. What are his initials? G.G. Um, he has what is generally considered a female name as right. a first name. Right. I know. Um, it's escaping me. Gail? Gordon. That's right. Gail Gordon did a lot of TV work. He's also remembered for Our Miss Brooks in the 1950s. He played the school principal Osgood Conklin. He also co-starred as the second Mr. Wilson on Dennis the Menace. That is Gail Gordon who passed away on this date. Next individual, 2003, an American comic dies at the age of 78. Tell us who it is, Kimmy. Here's your clue. Yeah, nobody heckled because you could have seen me the night before in the velodrome. Well, it's the box for $3 in the village. Wow, boxer. I couldn't win nothing. I just got the $3. Three two-minute rounds. Guy trying to kill you for $3. (laughs) He would have done it if I didn't have a piece of pipe in my glove. (laughs) When I went to read for NBC to play Henry Aldrich on the GI auditions when I come out of the Army. Kimmy, you should know him from The Love Bug in 1968. He was also Scuttle, the voice of Scuttle in The Little Mermaid in 1989. Who is it? Buddy Hackett. You're right, Kimmy. Moving to the next person. Passed away 2014 at the age of 89. He is known for this TV show. Identify the TV show. Tell us the name of that TV show. Mikhail's Navy. You got it right, Kimmy. He played on that show. He was Lieutenant Carpenter on Mikhail's Navy. 
Who is he? Captain, about all that punishment you dealt McHale and his men this morning, I was just thinking. But, sir, if you were ever shaking your syrup, I'd be standing right beside you with a teaspoon. Sir, did you hear what they said? They're out to get you. Sir, maybe it wouldn't hurt to ease their punishment a little. Nonsense. Oh, but, sir, you can't go over there. Didn't you see the look on those men's faces this morning? Lieutenant Carpenter, sir, I have your dinner. But, Captain, I still don't understand why you don't just throw McHale and his gang of murderers into the brig. Oh, very clever. You are brilliant, sir. Oh. Sir, why don't you just relax now and have some dinner? You haven't had a bite all day. But, sir, you have to keep up your strength. You might have to run again. <laughs> Mr. Burns had Smithers on The Simpsons, and, well, the commander had him on McHale's Navy. Can you tell me who it is, Kimmy? No, that's, I can't. That's Bob Hastings, who passed away on this date. He did a ton of work in animation. 1966, he voiced Superboy and Clark Kent. What's the matter, Crypto? Crypto, I don't know what's troubling you, but playtime's over until you get over this. Crypto, cut it out. Knock it off, I say. What's the matter, boy? What's troubling you? <laughs> okay, okay. I know you were only clowning, Crypto. Now, come on, let's go home. Up, up, and away! Crypto, Crypto, stop. We've got a job to do. All right, Crypto, all right, forget it. I forgive you. Even if you did let the crooks escape. Part of Superman, but he also was part of Batman because he voiced Commissioner Gordon in the Batman cartoons. And break our tradition? In fact, unless I miss my guess, that's him now. How's that arm? Better than the Joker's. Close one this time. Mm. They're all close ones. Well, here's to survival. Hopefully we'll be doing this again next New Year's Eve. Hopefully. And now, Joe, if I could get one of your famous cheese steaks to go, I'll be ready to call it a night. Anything for you? One of these years, I'm going to beat him to the check. Voice of Commissioner Gordon in Batman the Animated Series and various animated projects in the Batman world. Also, uh, video game as well, or video games. That is Bob Hastings, who passed away on this date. Kimmy, the judges say you did a fantastic job today. All right. Yeah, we're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio, a tribute. Radio was We mentioned just moments ago that actress Susan Hayward was born on this date in 1917. The Riley and Kimmy Show has a 1946 golden age of radio production titled Dame Fortune. The plot. A story involving a wife, a husband, and a blackmailer, and an ingenious murder plot. Let's go back in time to 1946. Here's Susan Hayward. Nobody's believed this so far, but maybe someday somebody will. Not that it really matters. It's just something to do to pass the time while I'm waiting. It was our fifth anniversary and we were having a party. And as usual, partly because a ham is always a ham no matter how long they've been out of the business, and partly because it's really easier to go ahead and do it than to spend your whole evening refusing... I was supplying the entertainment. But each time I do, just the thought of you makes me stop before I begin. 
Cause I've got you under my skin Cause I've got you under my skin It's not everybody you go to where the hostess can entertain, is it? Well, certainly, certainly. Why do you think I married her? Broadway's loss was Nicholson's game. Oh, darling. For someone who's been married to me for five whole years, you still say some awfully nice things. Well, why not, darling? Uh, say, Jean, uh, sing You'll Be So Nice to Come Home To. Uh, were you in that show? What was the name of it? Oh, no, dear. Frank had already snatched me from my career by that time. <laughs> Excuse me. Jean, darling, you wanted on the phone. Phone? This hour? Who is it? I don't know, dear. It's a man. Probably one of your old admirers. Oh, don't be silly. All my old admirers gave up ages ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll take your word for it, my sweet. But now you better go see who it is. All right. Don't anybody go away. I'll be right back. All right, now, I'll buy you a drink. Hello? Hello, Jane. Who's this? Perhaps I should say Mrs. Nicholson. You're not Jean Marley anymore, are you? Who is this? Is there something I can do for you? I'm rather busy right now. I was afraid you might forget me. I've been away such a long time. This is Charlie. Charlie? Charlie Prescott. Of the San Quentin Prescotts. You remember now, don't you? You're still there, aren't you, Jean? Yes, I'm still here. You surprised? So you're back. Out is what we call it, sweetheart. Only yesterday. And I want to see you. Oh, no, Charlie. That's all over. You mean you don't want to see me? Save it, Charlie. I suppose I knew all along this would happen someday. When will it be? Oh, the sooner the better. How about tomorrow? I can't tomorrow. Make it Wednesday in the afternoon. Say three o'clock? Same old place? No, not there. All right. Uh, What about the Shangri-La? All right. Uh, You'll be sure and be there, won't you, sweetheart? Because if you're not, I'm going to feel very bad. I'll be there. Three o'clock, then, sweetheart. Three o'clock. Oh, there's Jane. Hey, where have you been? Come on, sing another song. Who was it, darling? Uh, anyone I know? No, just an old friend. Oh, why didn't you ask him over? Oh, he was just passing through town and wanted to say hello, that's all. Well, maybe some other time. Yes, some other time. Don't let anybody tell you that prison doesn't change people. It does. And Charlie'd had seven years of it. It's not just the prison pallor they always tell you about or extra dividends and gray hair. It's it's something else. An expression in the eyes. And more than that, something I didn't figure out until quite a while later. I'll say you're looking great, sweetheart. Let's cut out the compliments, Charlie. You don't mean them and neither do I. Now, wait a minute, sweetheart. Don't get me wrong. You don't think I'm sore about anything? Like, say, because uh, you're married? You don't think that now, do you? Why should you be? You knew I wasn't going to wait around for you. It was never that serious between us. Ah, that's what I'm saying. Why, I'm tickled pink you married the guy. Particularly since I hear he's really in the dough, huh? But good. The trouble with you blackmailers is... Oh, you... that's a nasty word, sweetheart. The trouble with you blackmailers is that you think all a woman with a wealthy husband has to do is just run down to the cellar and bring up a basketful anytime she wants to. Well, it's not like that. He spends the money. I don't. No joint bank account? Oh, sure. What do you think happens when all of a sudden two or three hundred a month just starts disappearing? I wasn't thinking of hundreds, sweetheart. Oh, of course not. 
And the bigger you think, the harder it gets. Don't you see that? Well, he's got a will, hasn't he? I suppose so. Don't stall, sweetheart. You know he has. You know what's in it. It all goes to you, doesn't it? Yes. I guess it does. You know it does. And you want a cut. I want half. Before taxes are deducted or after? Don't get wise. I did a lot of figuring where I was, and I figured you owed me something, sweetheart. I figured you owed me plenty. Well, you're going to have a long time to wait for it, darling. I'd say about 30 years, because he's healthy as a horse. Who said anything about waiting? You do have big ideas, don't you? You like it? You don't really think I'm going to become a party to the murder of my own husband, do you? Sweetheart, you mustn't use those words. You must have gone a little crazy up there, Charlie. Who said anything about your being a party to it? Oh, you handle it. I just wait. Is that it? Oh, I know it's not as big a part of the job as you handled the last time, but that's a general idea. What do you say? What do you think? Sweetheart, did you ever stop to figure out what they'd give you if they found out? I don't know. I do. The same as they give me. Maybe worse. Listen, Charlie. Suppose I told you I love him. You? <laughs> I wouldn't believe you. I wouldn't believe it if he combined the best features of John D. Rockefeller, Albert Einstein, and Clark Gable. No, I suppose you wouldn't. Well, that's the way it is, sweetheart. That way or the other. Make up your mind. Well, it would have to be an accident. That's okay. It could be an accident. All right, Charlie. You win. There's only one way that I know of to deal with blackmail. Agree to the terms first and find an out afterwards. And that's how I'd planned to play it. I will confess that the murder of my husband for his estate was a little stiffer price than I'd been prepared for. But by the time I left, I knew how I was going to play that, too. Charlie'd never been quite as smart as he thought he was. That's one reason why he went to prison, and I didn't. That evening after dinner, I went in to see my husband in his study. Oh, hello, darling. Frank, there's something I have to tell you. Well, what is it, darling? It's pretty serious. <laughs> well, all right. What is it? Frank, I'm being blackmailed. What? Blackmailed? This is going to hurt you, darling. Afterwards, you can do anything you like. But I know that the only sensible thing and the only decent thing is to tell you the whole story. Jean... No matter what it is, no matter what. I love you, darling. That's all that really matters. Do you understand that? Yes, I do, darling. Frank, a number of years ago, before I knew you, I had some trouble. Bad trouble. Mm -hmm. I was just a kid and, well, I got mixed up with the wrong man. His name was Charles Prescott. I didn't know how wrong he was until someone got killed. Oh. Charlie managed to convince the jury, more or less, that it was an accident. His sentence was from 10 to 20 years. He got three years off for good behavior. Frankie's out of prison now, and he has evidence that, that I was involved. I was involved much more than ever came out in the trial. And Well, that's the story. Well, that's not so bad, darling. What uh, What's his price? His price is... 
Oh, Frank. Oh, there, there, darling. It's all right. It's all right. Now, come on. Tell me the whole thing. His price is that he plans to murder you and make me give him half of what I inherit. Good Lord, Jean. The, the man must be crazy. That's just it. He is. He's just crazy enough to try it. He's planning some sort of an accident. Oh, Frank, I'm frightened. Now, darling, don't you worry a bit. I know just how to handle this. Oh, Frank, not the police. No, darling, no. Not the police. Early the next morning, we were visited by a chunky little man named Sparks from the Continental Detective Agency. I told him the story, or, or most of it. And all the time I was talking, he kept watching my husband. I got the impression he might be a little difficult to deal with. As it turned out, I wasn't far wrong. It's a good story, Mr. Nicholson. But it's not right. Not right? What do you mean? Well, for instance, why don't you go to the police? I've told you, it's a case of blackmail. But it's not just a case of blackmail. Hmm? According to your wife, here's an ex-con with 13 years still hanging over him, out on parole, and he's threatening your life. We can throw him back in the can just like that. Look, Mr. Sparks, you uh, you don't have to know all my family affairs to handle this case, do you? No, but it would help. Suffice it to say that uh, it's a delicate matter. We can't go to the police. And perhaps you better tell me just what you do want me to handle. I want you to locate him and then follow him day and night. Never let him out of your sight. Eventually, I suppose, he'll try it. To kill you? Oh, Frank. Now, Jean, darling, remember, you were going to let me handle this. I know, but... But don't you see, dear, if we actually catch him in the act, attempted murder, then we can send him back to prison and nobody would ever believe anything he said. Mm, must be a very delicate matter. It, um... It is, Mr. Sparks. Well, you'll hear from me. Mr. Sparks, suppose he should try to contact me. You mean you think he'll try to shake you down beforehand anyway, just for luck? Well, you see... He thinks I've agreed with his plan. The accident. Hmm. The way we're handling it, there's only one thing to do. Play him along. I see. Well, is that all the information you need, Mr. Sparks? If that's all you'll give me, that's all I need. By Friday night, they'd located Charlie. By Monday morning, they knew more about him than his own mother. Frank took the train for San Francisco that night. He wasn't due back until Wednesday morning. Tuesday afternoon, Charlie called me as I told him to. Hello? Hello, Charlie. Oh, hello, sweetheart. Everything uh, in order? Yes. You get that, uh, what you said you'd get for me? Yes, I got it. I hope you got enough, because uh, what I mean, what is going to be... Well, expenses. Expenses? Yes, I gotta make contacts. You know, I don't let anybody else in, but I'm gonna need a little outside help on one or two things. Oh, I see. And these things take time. It mm-hmm. may be quite a while. I'm not stalling, you understand, but you can't expect action on a thing like this right away. I think I understand. It uh, may be two, three weeks, even more. It's gotta be laid out right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, where can I pick it up? The stuff you got for me. You can come out here. Out there? Yes, this evening about ten. There'll be no one here. Listen, I don't think that's so good. You're not afraid, are you, Charlie? No, no, but... Besides, you ought to see the layout of things. It might give you some angles. Well, yeah, but... You remember what we said, how it had to be done? You mean accident? That's right. 
sure, sure. Will you be here at ten, Charlie? I'll have everything ready for you. I knew then what prison had done to Charlie. He'd lost his nerve. Now that he faced it, murder was too much for him. He'd never go through with it. It would all come down to one petty shakedown after another, year after year. It was even more obvious now that I'd have to do what I'd counted on from the beginning. If my husband was to be murdered, he'd have to be murdered by me. Charlie arrived that evening in a rented car, right on time. As I opened the door to him, I noticed another car just putting out its headlights about a quarter of a mile down the hill from our driveway. That would be Mr. Sparks. Charlie had never seen the house before, and he was impressed, but a little nervous. I took him into the drawing room. Hey, quite a layout you got here, sweetheart. Frank likes to have the best of everything, and he can afford it. Sit down. Well, uh... You know, I can't stay but a minute or two. What's the matter with you, Charlie? You seem jumpy. Oh, me? Why should I be jumpy? I don't know. I'll tell you something, though. How's the clock? Uh, I have had the funny idea somebody was following me the last couple of days. Who'd want to follow you? That's what I can't figure. I'm clean with the local dicks, and they don't tell you unless they think you're working on a job. Nobody else would want to tell me. Unless I've been double-crossed by somebody. Like you, sweetheart. But if I double-crossed you, you'd see that I was sent to the penitentiary, wouldn't you, Charlie? I would devote my entire time to it, sweetheart. And that's why I wouldn't double-cross you, isn't it, Charlie? Yeah, I guess you're smart enough to see that, all right. You got the dough? Yes, I've got it. Uh, how much? A thousand dollars. Well, a th- Oh, I know you'll be around shaking me down for more before you get to business. But that will hold you for a while, won't it? Sure, sure. Well, uh, I better be moving. Uh, where's the dough? I don't have it here. You don't have No, it's in the car. Frank was home for a while, and I didn't want to bring it into the house. He's inclined to be a little snoopy sometimes. Well, let's get it. You can get it on the way out. It's in the glove compartment. No, no, no wait a minute. I'm not sure I like oh, this. Oh, don't be silly. The car's in the garage, and nobody's around. It's chilly, and I just don't want to go out, that's all. It's in the Cadillac convertible. Yeah... I guess you're in no spot to pull any fast ones at that, are you, sweetheart? Okay. You'll be hearing from me. Yes, Charlie, I'm sure I will. Through the glass panel by the door, I watched him head for the garage. Somewhere out there in the darkness, I knew that Mr. Sparks would be watching him, too. Then I buzzed the house phone for Olson, the chauffeur. He lived over the garage. Speaking. This is Mrs. Nicholson. I'm sorry to disturb you, Olson, but I happened to glance out of the window just now and I thought I saw a man prowling around the garage. Uh, a man? Yes. Oh, I suppose it's silly, but would you mind looking out your window and see if you notice anything? Sure, sure, Mrs. Nicholson. Say, Mrs. Nicholson, that's right. Uh-huh. I seen him. He was running away. You want me to go after him? He was running away. Hmm? Sure, he's running plenty, but maybe I can catch him. Oh, no, that's all right. If he was running away, I'm sure he won't come back. There's nothing you could take out there anyway. If you want, I'd be glad to. Oh, no. No, that's all right. I'm sorry I bothered you, Olson. Good night. Good night, Mrs. Nicholson. I waited almost two hours, 
until I was sure Olsen would be asleep. Then I went out to the garage myself. I'd taken a course in automobile mechanics during the war. I hadn't learned much, but I'd learned enough to know what would make a steering knuckle fall apart after about an hour or two of hard driving. And Frank was driving down to San Diego the next morning as soon as he got back from San Francisco. And Frank was a hard driver. Frank left the next morning on schedule. I won't say it was pleasant waiting. I paced the living room in the hall for almost an hour, but never more than ten steps from the telephone. Hello? Jean? This is Charlie. I gotta talk to you. I can't talk to you now. Listen, Jean, I gotta tell you something. I can talk to you now. I began my pacing again. The phone rang three more times in the next 15 minutes, but I didn't answer it. Then it stopped. Almost three hours went by. I'd begun to be afraid that one of those other calls had been the one I was expecting. And then it rang again. Hello? I'd like to speak to Mrs. Frank Nicholson, please. This is she. Uh, Mrs. Nicholson, this is Dr. Whitty of the La Jolla General Hospital. I, I, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Mrs. Nicholson, but there's been an accident. Uh, your husband. My husband? Oh, is he? Well, it's hard to tell just yet, Mrs. Nicholson, but I think you'd better come down here. I got out the sedan and started for La Jolla. I was terribly nervous and depressed. I crept along at no more than 40 miles an hour. But somehow I got there. They showed me directly to Frank's room. He was all covered with bandages, but he was sitting up in bed. And with him was Mr. Sparks. Hello, Jean. Frank, are you... Are oh, you... not too bad. Oh, darling. A couple of ribs and an arm. They thought I had a fractured skull for a while, but I... I guess I have a pretty hard head. Well, what happened? Well, something went wrong with the car, Jean. I was going pretty fast. I'm lucky to be alive, I guess. Charles... Prescott! Frank, I saw a man prowling around the garage last night. Olsen saw him, too. You think Prescott made, uh, may, might have tampered with the car? Oh, Frank, I told you not to go through with this thing. Well, I don't know. What do you think of that theory, Mr. Sparks? Oh, you remember Mr. Sparks, don't you, Jean? Of course. It couldn't have been Prescott, Mr. Nicholson. He never got into the garage. I was right behind him, and I uh, guess maybe he heard me. Anyway, he beat it. I understand you were in the garage last night, Jean. Isn't that correct, Mr. Sparks? We had another man posted on the grounds. That's what he reports. Well, of course I was. There was a book in the car that I wanted. There was a thousand dollars in currency in the glove compartment, too. Yes, I know. I didn't have time to tell you this morning, but he wanted money. I talked him out of it. Mr. Sparks knew he was at the house. You told me to see him if he... Frank, you don't think that I... I don't want to think so, Jean. How could you? How could well, you? Well, it's just that steering knuckles don't usually come loose by themselves. That, that and all the rest of it. Well, then it must have been an accident, a real accident. Don't you see that? Oh, Frank, how could you believe that I'd do a thing like that? I love you. Oh, I know. I've thought and thought and thought everything Mr. Sparks has told me. And I... Oh, I can't believe it, Jean. Mr. Sparks, you don't think I could have done anything like that. You can't. It's just a matter of your beliefs, I guess. Beliefs? What you want to believe. And who you want to believe in. 
My office will send you a bill, Mr. Nicholson. Good day. Oh, Frank. Frank, darling. Oh, I'm sorry, Jean. I'm horribly sorry, darling. It's just that, well, it looks so bad and... Oh, I wanted so much to hear. You say you didn't. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. You know I didn't. Of course I do. Of course I do. Oh, look, darling, look. Cheer up. Cheer up. I've got a plan. A plan? Yes, yes. We need a vacation. I'll be out of here in a week or so, and then we'll go away. We'll just drive around the country, do a little hunting and fishing, whatever we like. You always used to love those trips. Oh, yes, Frank. Let's. Sure. Sure, we'll just go off and take it easy for a while and forget the whole thing. Yes, let's. And forget the whole thing. That's what we did. And I almost did forget the whole thing. It seemed like a nightmare that I'd dreamed a long, long time ago. I couldn't believe that I'd really done what I'd done. And I knew I'd never do it again. As though by mutual consent, we never spoke another word about it. But I was at peace for the first time since I could remember. And I knew that even Charlie could be dealt with somehow when we got home. We drove all over the state for almost three weeks. And on the way back, we stopped over at Little Lake in the Sierras. One day we rode across it and had a picnic lunch on the other side. Oh, it was beautiful and so peaceful. There wasn't another soul around for miles. Frank still had the cast on his left arm. It made him a little clumsy. Getting back into the boat again, he stumbled over the shotgun, tilted up against the seat. I knew he was dead even before I got to him. At police headquarters, they questioned me a little while, and, and then they left me in the room alone. But a few minutes later, the door opened, and somebody came in. It was Mr. Sparks. Well, so you finally did it. Oh, no. No! The trouble with you amateurs is you don't know your case histories. That hunting accident gag is too old, Mrs. Nicholson. Much too old. But I didn't. I swear. I swear to you I didn't. Well, you got the money now anyway. At least you can hire yourself a flock of good lawyers. Please, please don't. I can't bear it. I didn't do it, I tell you. You can ask Charlie. Charlie Prescott. Charles Prescott killed himself this morning when the police arrived to question him. Look, Mrs. Nicholson, I'm in this thing up to my neck, unfortunately. I'm going to have to tell what I know. And I know somebody tampered with a steering knuckle on that car. And it wasn't Prescott. I know you tried to kill your husband and put it on Prescott. It just doesn't add up any other way. All right. Yes, I did. But I didn't do the other. You've got to believe me. I didn't. You didn't shoot him, eh? By all that's sacred in the world. I swear I didn't. Hmm. Could be. You do believe me. Say that you believe me. What's the difference? Nobody else will. That's all. Except my execution will be on the 31st, one week from today. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. 
We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.